Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as Astronomy Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as $5 or $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, you can give $5. Even more generous, you get for $10 a month, you receive a, no a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash Observer's Notebook. If you'd like to join the ALPL, membership begins at only $18 a year. For more information, you can visit us on the internet at alpo-astronomy.org and we are also on the Facebook. You can search for ALPO Astronomy and also the Observer's Notebook has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. And now this special edition of the Observer's Notebook, again with Bob Lunsford and we're talking about the Quadranids meteor shower hope happening in just a few days. So listen to listen in. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to Observer's Notebook Podcast. We again are talking meteor showers, and we're with Bob Lunsford. How you doing, Bob? Hey, real good. Glad to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Now, we talked a week or so ago, maybe a little bit longer, about the Gemini's meteor shower. How was that? Well, it was pretty good for those who had clear skies. Uh, <laughs> Not me. I haven't, I haven't seen very many visual reports, but uh, people who ran video cameras... I uh, got some crazy numbers. Really? Um, yeah. Um, crazy as in, I know a guy in uh, in Tucson, Arizona, who has a system of six cameras aimed at all directions and straight up. And over the course of the night, he recorded 798 meteors. Oh, my God. Now, these were all Geminids? No, that's everything. Okay. And there's a possibility that some of those are duplicated because the field's slightly overlapped. Ah, okay. So, but, you know, still, I, I That's would, pretty good. And the moon was out. Se yeah, I would say 750 to 775 were probably legit. That's crazy. Legit meteors and probably 50 of those uh, sporadic. So, But the number is just crazy. Yeah. Considering we had very similar conditions for the uh, Perseids, and on that night, I recorded about 350. So we're talking twice as many. Wow. So uh, just that's, crazy numbers. 
That's that's nuts. Yeah. So, like I said, I haven't seen very many uh, many visual uh, sightings. It seems uh, the clouds are really bad all over the place. Uh, I was out on the night of maximum for about an hour and 15 minutes to try to see some earth grazers. Wow. And uh, in that hour and 15 minutes, I saw three meteors and 13 satellites. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so my goodness. Satellites won big time. Oh. And uh, and not, unfor- they last a lot longer going across the sky, too. <laughs> that's, that's true. And uh, two of the three meteors were geminid earth grazers, but they were on the dim side. So okay. nothing real crazy. But uh, nice orange sporadic was the first one of the night. So it was, it was worth it. Well, coming up in January, early January, we got the quadrantids meteor shower. We have a quadrantid meteor shower, and this has the potential of being just as good as Geminids. Uh, the reason is it's a sharp peak, very strong. If you happen to be in the zone where the radiant is high in the sky and it's dark, you might see a darn good shower. Now, this... Uh, the best predictions are for eight hours, 20 minutes, uh, universal time, which is uh, 1230 here on the West Coast okay. and uh, 130 uh, Mountain, 230 Central, 220 and uh, 320 Eastern. So the further east you are, uh, the higher the radiant will be because the radiant lies in the constellation of Bootes. And okay. uh, it's it's almost circumpolar. It's very far north. It's up uh, just about fifty degrees uh, declination. Now, if it's radiant is Boötes, why is it called the Quadrantids? Very good questions. When they discovered this uh, this shower in the nineteenth century, at the point where they figured the radiant was, there was a constellation called Quadrans Muralis, which. Oh translates to mural quadrant so there's where you get the quadrant <laughs> okay and so they, uh, what they do rebound re, redo the boundaries of the constellation in the like early that? 20th centuries they zapped a few constellations and that was one of them neil degrasse tyson had nothing to do with that though right like he did with pluto no, 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 no. <laughs> and this this was a lot less uh, controversial. Too. I'm sure it was. Okay. <laughs> because you had, you know, during the 19th century, you had constellations made up for King George and this and that and your pets. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a, a few of these were illegitimate, and they got okay. they got rid of them. And okay. Mural's so quadrant was one of them. So what what are the dates? Well, it, it's active uh, starting this weekend, but, but it's very, very low away from the maximum. We're just hitting the outskirts of, of, the, uh, of, of the showers. So, uh, it's, now, it's we, not, we're recording this on uh, December 19th. So yeah. So everybody know. Right now, yeah, very low rates. It'll be that way right through the end of December. Things will pick up right <laughs> like a, a day before maximum. Uh, I would say January 3rd may get up to five an hour, but this particular shower is very narrow, but very strong. So there's about a six hour window uh, Hmm. centered on that time. I told you uh, eight hours, 20 minutes universal time where all hell could break loose. 
Wow. And I've been observing meteors, gosh, since 1968, and I've only nailed a shower once. Most of the time is because of lousy weather. Yeah. But it's a bad the, time of year. It's the winter. It's a bad time of year, and you got to be lucky. Like I said, clear skies, the radiant has to be high, and the maximum has to occur at that time. So when I did catch it, uh, my raw rates were over a hundred an hour. Wow! So uh, it was it was pretty fantastic. I'll never forget that night because the wind was howling so bad from the mountains. I lost my beanie cap and I had to walk about a hundred yards after the session to go find it. <laughs> oh uh, now, what are some of the characteristics of these meteors? These are our medium speed meteors. So uh, persistent trains will only happen on, on the brightest ones. But I have seen a negative 10 fireball uh, one night. I happened to be on top of Mount Laguna here in Southern California. And my buddy, Alan Hale, uh, who wow. discovered a famous comet a few years later, he was looking through his 8-inch telescope uh, while I was watching meteors. And about a negative 10 fireball shot overhead. And we both were pretty impressed with that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That, that'll, that'll light up the night sky. That'll definitely light up the night sky. So it has the potential for uh, fireballs, but most of them are relatively faint, like, like most meteors. Okay. So on the night of maximum, which will be the evening of the 3rd and the morning of the 4th, uh, the radiant will be located very low in the in the northwest uh the further north you are the uh the higher the radiant but you'll almost see nothing to be honest it's not that high and unfortunately it as the night progresses it'll sink beneath the pole and at about 8 p.m it'll be at at its lowest point Hmm. so for us in in southern california it's just going to skim the northern horizon okay and at that time yeah, we won't see much of anything. Now, after 8 p.m., it'll slowly rise up into the northeastern sky. And it'll be highest during the last uh, dark hour before dawn, which is usually around 6, 6 a.m. this time. Okay. All right. What What's the apparent body of this shower? You know, it's part of the, the Mockholz complex. And oh. there is an asteroid that was discovered not too long ago. Mm-hmm. that seemed to have broken off that comet. So, and that matches the uh, orbital parameters we have for the quadranets. Oh. So, uh, pretty darn interesting. Now, is this an old shower, or has it uh, been around a long time? Not really. It, it seems to have formed recently, and if you, there's been computer simulations that have traced it back go. Uh, Oh, shoot, maybe a thousand years. And at that time, this shower was actually occurring in August. Really? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but it's been perturbed by Jupiter and it's ah. been moved forward and backward through the Earth's orbit. But at that is, it's, it's, we're now encountering it, you know, during the month of January. And it should last for another couple hundred years and then it'll, it'll move beyond the Earth's orbit and the quadrants will be no more. Wow. Yeah. Cause it seems, it sounds like the, the orbit is pretty well nailed because you said like there's a six and a half hour window or something like that. Right. Too. So right. that's interesting. Wow. So, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it could be the highlight of, of 2020 and you, you never know. 
So uh, anybody who has clear skies on that morning, which will be January 4th, it happens to be a, looks like a, let's see here, a 4th will be a Saturday morning. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, a weekend. I did not very often. The hangover should be gone from New Year's by then. So (laughs) perfect time to get outside and and look for a meteor shower. (laughs) Fantastic. Now we have to talk about one thing, though. Okay. The moon. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Well, we kind of look out because the moon will be uh, about a 60% illuminated waxing gibbous. Okay. And it. By my unprecise calculations, it'll be setting for most of us about 1 a.m. Okay. So that's no problem on the East Coast, no problem Central Time, no problem really for Mountain. For us on the West Coast, it's going to lie about five degrees high. Yeah. So, and that's not bad. Shoot. Uh, Yeah, because we're looking the other direction. That's very true. We're looking Northeast and it's in the West. So moonlight really won't be a problem. Okay, good. We can count our blessings on that. Great. So if you want to observe this shower, I would set my alarm for at least an hour before the times I indicated. You know, these things aren't always precise. They kind of have a mind of their own. Right. <laughs> but we've, we've done pretty good predicting, uh, you know, the, the, the times of these things. But the, the, the rates are always a surprise. Okay. But uh, I, would, I would expect a really good show. Fantastic. Now, are there other meteor showers coming up uh, in the near future that we will be chatting about? <laughs> uh, no, there's going to be kind of a, the, the spring Darth here uh, <laughs> after, after this one because there's nothing strong at all until the Lyrids of April. How the Perseids look this year? The Perseids were good. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about 2020? 2020. Oh, the Perseids will be, well, we're going to have a, a fat crescent moon. Okay. So, uh, and that's going to be maybe 30 to 40 degrees in the radiant. Oh, okay. So folks are going to have to, you know, shift their view, look toward the north or northwest. But uh, it's a heck of a lot better than, than the 2019. Right. Almost a full moon. Okay. So Perseids are, are marginal. The rest of them. In the uh, the fall of 2020, it looked fantastic. Uh, Good, almost almost new moons for all of them. So, un- unlike unlike this year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was not a banner year for meteor showers. No, no, but you know what? Uh, when when a when a set of video cameras can get almost 800 meteors, that's crazy. Yeah, then it can't be that bad. <laughs> is, that, is that video available online somewhere? Uh, you know what? Uh, not really because uh, you have eight eight hundred separate uh, yeah. <laughs> separate yeah. files. Um, I'm I'm sure that he'll publish some of the, some of the fireballs later on. Okay, but uh, it's uh, it's a lot of work to go through all those. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. And split screen eight ways. That's a lot of data too to, <laughs> to post. <laughs> Amen. I, I go crazy. I I, I have the same system. Do you? I average about 60 a night. So, uh, and that now, do you use it every night. Oh yeah. It's, wow. it's, it's operating every night and, uh, see a lot of planes, see a lot of birds. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, great. Uh, you, you, you can zap those. So okay. uh, now anybody who wants to watch this shower, I, I would hope that they would want to record 
what they see and mm-hmm. uh, help uh, expand our knowledge of the shower. Uh, it's really not that hard. All they need is a piece of paper and a clock, right? And yeah. just that, or if you get really sophisticated, you can have a have a talking recorder that you don't, you know, just just talk into it and <laughs> and record your data and then listen to it the the morning after. Yeah, a lot of cell phones have a record button where you can just take memos and things like that right, too. Right. But what we need is the time of each meteor. Okay. And we certainly need the uh, the conditions you observe from. What we really like is the uh, limiting magnitude, the best limiting magnitude you can see. Uh, most sites are probably magnitude 5.0. If you're at a rural site where you can see a lot of stars in Milky Way, then it's probably six and, and even even higher. Uh, the, the the darker the sky, the more meteors you'll see. So okay. remember that. Uh, don't observe right under a street light; you won't have much luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Good advice. But, and the best uh, part is set up your lounge chair with a hot chocolate and. There you go. There you enjoy, go. Enjoy the views. But uh, what what we do is we collect these uh, observations, and uh, if things really get crazy, we can. If you supply the times, we can see if there's any uh, any little spikes uh, that uh, that occur during the night. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, most of the times there's just one nice bell curve, but sometimes there's other little crazy things that we don't know about that happen. Okay. So uh, you can fill out a visual report form on the uh, website of the International Meteor Organization. Okay. I will add a link to that in the show notes so people can just go get the form right right there and fill it out. And I will be posting an article on the Quadranids uh, just after the Ursids uh, are through this weekend. So Okay. I got to I got to post the Ursa one first. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but uh, that certainly will be on the ALPO website. All right, and I'll add that link as well to the show notes, along with, along with your email address if anybody has Great. any questions for you oh, about yeah. meteors. I'm always happy to answer questions about. All right, this. well, Bob, you got anything else you want to chat about? No, I think we about covered it. Uh, okay. we've had we've had a busy. Uh, last quarter of the year, haven't we? <laughs> yes, we have. Yeah, but it's it's been fun. So, uh, yeah. but uh, you guys uh, can start talking about planets as they're now coming out of the solar glare, and yep. we got a big uh, opposition to Mars coming up uh, in 2020. So, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to that too. That's right, and hopefully we'll get some comets this year too. Yeah, that would be nice. All these faint little fuzzies. Are yeah. Pan stars is pretty good right now. It's about ninth magnitude. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's brighter than a lot of them have been. That is a lot brighter. <laughs> all right, Bob. Well, I want to thank you for again educating us all on meteor showers. And until we next time we talk, I uh, hope you have clear skies and see lots of uh, streaks through the night sky. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook. Again, I want to thank Bob Lunsford for coming on and uh, talking about another meteor shower. Let's all get out there and take a look at this one. It sounds like we might uh, hit a real good one. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every every few weeks, usually on the 1st and 15th. This one was a special one, so it was kind of snuck in in between all of them. Um, you You can download the episodes on iTunes. 
If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. And you can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give up to $35 a month where you will receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seedentop, for his generous support of the Observer Notebook. The link for Patreon as well as the link for the ALPO is in the show notes. You can contact me at email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at, at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, my hope is that you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening. <laughs>